Two weeks have been full of so much drama, joy, pain, and confusion. So you know what that means. This week is a girl chat episode. I think that she actually handled it very well. She didn't curse. It wasn't a what the fuck. She didn't growl. She didn't scowl. She didn't turn her head away. She genuinely looked hurt and disappointed and that this is the way that the establishment has treated so many fantastic black actresses before her. Can you be the same character for 30 years in the same movie and I don't think at this point you need to be rewarded for it. I'm sorry. Flowers are gonna bloom soon and we about to be back out in them streets, honey. I mean, you know, as soon as the rain stops. But anyways, let's move on and get right in to this week's episode. Yeah, It's just so crazy. I also have another point about the Oscars which is both of the leads in that movie won Oscars for their performance. What happened back when Halle Berry and Denzel Washington both won for Best Actor and Actress on the same night? That, I don't think, is a coincidence. I think they did it on purpose. These are two marginalized groups that are really desperate for representation, desperate to be seen on screen, to be seen not as monoliths, not as people who are slaves or workers or just immigrants or in the background or set pieces. And they finally are here in these starring roles. And strangely enough, they were given the award on the same night. Finest of bath oils, soaps, and cleansers. Put on all the cocoa butter that was under the African sun. Get dressed up in the most beautiful and regal royal purple gown, which not only she was rocking, but also had the whole family coordinated down. Her daughter, Bronwyn, had on a similar dress in the same identical color. They looked immaculate and escaped on their new reality show. If you have not watched it because you thought it was too auntie, first of all, you're probably right, but also... It actually has a really good storyline right now. And even though most of us probably have not watched it, we definitely are getting the sound bites and the updates in the text message groups. The exact same character in all of the Halloween movies. And basically the same outcome happens in every movie. And I don't know what Tasha is thinking, but she definitely is giving the Ike and Tina vibes with her relationship with her husband. And it's not safe. Like, girl, blink twice if you need help. It's not looking good. They're at odds again. And also, Sis is trying to pull the same thing she tried to pull back in the day with SWV's third album. I'm sorry, not SWV. She's trying to pull the same thing back in the that she did back in the day with Escape's album. And trying to do a solo deal and come out on top like she's trying to be, you know, the Beyonce again. You're doing it again now so many years later when it didn't work back then. Sis, let it go. Nobody wants to hear an album of just you. You all are better being Escape. That is the bottom line. 
That is the way it goes. You cannot be over here beefing with your sister, not really getting along with the other girls that you actually need. Why can't y'all do this together? Why can't y'all be the escape that we want y'all to be? We love the songs. We love y'all as a unit. We're not really feeling a solo album from you. And matter of fact, nobody asked for a solo album from the other ladies and they haven't attempted it because it's unnecessary. Nobody asked for it. Escape is a group. It's not Tasha and the girls. That's not what it's going to be. Everybody can't be Beyonce. You kind of just got to wrap it up. And I don't think that's going to end well. Unfortunately for Miss Candy Burris, the drama doesn't stop there because she has gotten into a back and forth internet feud and beef. And we're going to put out text messages and put up subs with one Tamar Braxton. Ciao. This is definitely screaming Tamar wants attention because it's coming at the opportune time where Queen's Court has finally finished or is wrapping up and Tamar has gotten engaged on that show. And it's like, yes, so we're talking about Tamar briefly. And no, nobody was spending a whole bunch of time on that. I'm not sure how many people were watching the Queen's Court. But what I do know is all of this came out and this whole beef was reignited and started When she made mention of the fact that somebody was hating a while ago and she was allegedly threatened. This week, Shawty wants to start naming names. Okay, so now you're going to name names. Candy said that that's not what happened. No, Todd didn't do this. And that's cool. Why are y'all on the internet doing this? Why are there so many Shade Room posts that are being up? This is being updated like every 10 minutes. It is crazy. Both of y'all are well over 40 Let's stop because this is ridiculous. This is just like the BS we see on TikTok, but in real life. You you get what I'm saying? Nobody has time for this. Like, you know, what we have time for whatever that big asteroid is that they said was, oh, not a big deal. But now it turns out it's a really big deal and it's probably going to come like to Earth and it's going to be like some kind of weird deep impact kind of thing going on, possibly. That's what we're worried about. You know what we're worried about? Kim Jong-un basically saying... Stay locked and loaded, U.S., because I'm about to prep some nuclear weapons over here. So we might not even wake up tomorrow morning. That's what we need to be focused on. Not this little drab kind of argument back and forth between the two of you. Tamar, take a chill pill because you're halfway promoting this song while you're having this beef. It's kind of, it's hella weird. Let's be honest. It's hella weird and it's unnecessary. You could have just promoted that song and been all about your fiance, all about in love, all about doing, you know, the positive things. And people will probably listen to it a little bit more. I mean, girl, is it out on the radio yet? We don't even know because you're knee deep in beef right now. And nobody has time for that. Meanwhile, you are arguing with Candy, keep a check, Burris. Candy may not be the best singer, as you pointed out, and said she could barely find the note, even if it was handed to her or something like that. But what she is really good at is making business deals, keeping restaurants open, and basically thriving in the business and entertainment space. Also, you could have just kept this offline and dealt with it privately. Because seriously, sis, who really is going to care after the Queen's Court is officially over, over? What are we going to do? We're just going to wait for you all to have this little engagement, get married, which by the way, I think you're also doing a lot of this beef because you don't want people to really be digging into your fiance who has five children by four different women. 
But yet you're on the show talking about something. I can't believe I got exactly what I wanted. What? Anyways, that's all I have to say about that. Now, let's move on to even more drama that has come out. And this time in the fashion world, you know where I'm going. I'm talking about Law Roach, the celebrity stylist who has done everybody from Zendaya to Celine Dion, honey. He has dressed down all of the girls and has been doing it for years. Law has decided to retire because he wants to protect his peace and his mental health and well-being. And he did come out and correct everybody as to saying it has nothing to do with Zendaya. It only has a little bit to do with him not having a seat next to her at the fashion show where that footage was all over the internet about But I feel like it has more to do with uh, now with more of the comments that Priyanka Chopra recently made at South by Southwest. Did you not hear about that? Mm, Let me give you the tea on that. Priyanka Chopra was on stage having a chat and she was talking about how one of the people from her team said that, you know, she's not a sample size and making reference to the fact that she's a little bit big and clothes are not going to fit her properly. And that's a problem. She said that once she heard that, she was really upset. She immediately cried. She talked to her husband. She talked to her team. She talked to her family about it. And she felt really bad because she felt that she was kind of being body shamed by not being a sample size, which is a zero to four in the industry, and that it was taken as some kind of problem or it was going to be difficult to dress her. La Roach was actually asked about these comments when he was doing an interview and he said he was actually surprised that that's what she said because he had never said that he was like I didn't say that to her directly her team will come to me and say you know be careful about what you're styling and putting on her because she's looking a little bit thicker she's looking a little bit bigger around the middle um and it doesn't it's not giving felt like it used to and then her team will go back and be like well I mean he said you're not a sample size girl so you're gonna have to really tighten it up And he's saying that he is probably being the fall guy in a lot of those kind of conversations where you're going back and forth between talent and team. And he just doesn't want to do that anymore. He doesn't want to be the fall guy. He doesn't want to be the bad guy in the situation. And especially, I agree with him. I don't want to be the person where words are being put in my mouth, where I didn't say it with that intention or say it at all. So the fashion world, the fashion girls, and pretty much every red carpet is going to be very sad and have a little less style going forward since he is retiring. I know that he's going to keep Zendaya as a client because they have been together since she was super young and they have just built such a great bond and rapport that that is going to continue on forever. Hopefully he will be able to do a few people here and there, you know, secretly the ones that he really loves. But this actually kind of is sad. I really would love for him to be picked up at a fashion house, uh, maybe do a capsule collection if he wants to somewhere. But I think that, you know, being a creative director for a brand might be a next best move for him. I mean, now that Legendary on HBO has been canceled, he's got time. He needs to do what needs to be done. And that's all I'm going to say. Well, let's go ahead and twirl right on over to the news of Miss Tyra Banks, who is leaving Dancing with the Stars after three seasons of being the host there. Now, when I heard this, I was like, really? So soon? But her reasoning apparently is because she wants to focus on being a businesswoman, doing business deals and business ventures. And my first reaction to that is, girl, what? 
you knew what this was, you knew what the job was, you knew you weren't going to be doing those business ventures or deals or anything like that before. I secretly think that this is more to do with the fact that viewership is down because Dancing with the Stars is no longer on ABC. It's now on Disney+. Plus. And so being on a streaming service, you catch it when you catch it, you miss it when you miss it. And there are so many other shows that are on right now on streaming services that you might not actually see that one. And if you don't have children in your household who are constantly watching Disney+, Plus, it is one of the apps that can get a little bit lost in the shuffle if, you know, a season of The Mandalorian is not on or you're not watching something from the Marvel Universe specifically. It can be overlooked. So... I understand with that, the viewership is down. It's just like, oh, well, this isn't what I really signed up for. Let me go ahead and sashay to the left. But it's a little bit weird that, you know, she's just saying deuces already. But that's okay. Julianne Huff is going to take over and Alfonso Ribeiro is going to be back on the dance floor with her to be judges and hosts. I'm sorry, not judges. They're going to be back uh, to be hosts. So the show will go on. So speaking of Disney, actually... Ari Lennox actually posted a tweet shouting out Disney and asking them, would they consider her for a live action version of The Princess and the Frog? Now, you know, Disney loves to do a live action with Ariel coming out. It's only right that they are going to do more of these. And obviously, with the colorblind casting that they've been doing, The Princess and the Frog would be a perfect one to do next She is obviously the only black Disney princess that we have. So I think that they should go ahead and make it. But what do y'all think about Ari Lennox shooting her shot to Disney and saying, hey, I would love to come in and audition for this. I am going to leave this little song right here. She sang Almost There, which is the song that, um, that Princess Tiana sings in the movie. And she was like, yeah, hit me up. Have your people call my people. I think this is a really bold move, but I also think this is a really good move because she's putting herself out there. She's making it known about what she wants. And if you are like me and you definitely know and believe in manifestation, putting things out there that you want is the way to go. I'm not mad at her. And to be quite honest, she kind of does look like Tiana from The Princess and the Frog. So it's not like it would be that off of casting. I think it'd be a good idea. Give her a shot. So now that we are rounding out all of the reality drama, let me touch on this for like two seconds because I used to be a big fan of Vanderpump Rules back in the day. But if you are still watching this show, then you know what I'm about to talk about. If you don't, there is something called Scandaval that is happening on Vanderpump Rules right now. The Scandaval is basically one of... The people who's on Vanderpump Rules, uh, Tom Sandoval, who is actually co-owner of Tom Tom Restaurant with his other best friend, Tom, has been caught cheating on his longtime live-in girlfriend, Ariana, with one of the other women on the show who was dating somebody else. So he has been caught or it has been revealed that he has been cheating for the last seven months with a woman named Raquel. Everyone is stunned. Not only has that it is her, but that it has gone on for so long. And they had already finished shooting the upcoming season of Vanderpump Rules right before this news broke. And what they had to do was hurry and scramble to turn the cameras back on, get get the cast back together, 
to like do confessionals with all of the knowledge that they have now. So right now it is playing out with none of them knowing anything about this affair and the fact that they were able to keep it up for this long while filming for all of these months and nobody has known is wild. But this is that kind of white carrying on that us black people love to see because thank God it's not us. All of that to say, the show is a mess. If you are interested in seeing it, pick up on the current season. If you're not, then just move on and watch something else. Whew, this is a lot. All right, y'all, it is time for the TV and movie segment. Da 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 da! <laughs> okay, this week I have two things to talk about. First is the TV show that's on Peacock and NBC called Grand Crew. It is in its season two, finally, and I am so excited that this show is back. It is an ensemble cast full of black folks, and I love the approach that they have. If you have ever seen that show Happy Endings from back in the day, it's similar to that and like the comedy, the pace, and what's going on. But they actually are talking about real issues, but in that fun kind of comic-y kind of way. The show is the brainchild of creator Phil Augusta Jackson, who is bringing this story to life and to our TV screens. It follows six friends who live in Silver Lake, California, who hang out at a wine bar. And basically, we are looking at their relationship, the relationship between all of them. Nicole Byer plays Nikki, who is a realtor, who is the sister of Noah, who is a hopeless romantic, who thinks his whole movie is a rom-com, who is a wonderful, emotional Black man who is just ready for marriage, ready for commitment, ready for love. And a character that we have never seen on TV, and I absolutely love that. He is played by Echo Kellum. Rounding out the cast would be Aaron Jennings, who plays Anthony, Carl Tate, who plays Sherm, who is my favorite character. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I love Sherm. Sherm is basically, um, Sherm is Anthony's roommate. He's always doing something, getting into something, kind of jumps from job to job, but he plays this role so well. Okay, Tiff and I went out last night and things were going well until we went back to her place. <laughs> I don't understand. You had sex so good that you broke the bed. How is that a problem? The dope sex wasn't the problem. But afterwards, this woman had the gall to send me a Venmo request for half the bed frame. Can you believe that? Wow, are you really that cheap? I'm not cheap. I'm principal. Kristen and I break the bed at least twice a year. We take that as a sign of how strong our relationship is. You should split the cost. I agree. If Henry asked me to pay, I would pay. Because that's your man now. Okay, quiet. All of y'all are children, and I'm a grown-up. And I know I'm not the only person that's had sex in that bed. Would you blame one drop of rain on turning the whole Statue of Liberty green? No! You gotta love Sherm. Rounding up this cast uh, is Justin Cunningham, who plays Wyatt, who is the married friend out of this group of like 35-year-olds, I guess. He's the only one married. And um, also there is Faye, who is the woman who owns the wine bar and works there, played by Gracie Mercedes. And uh, she hangs out with the crew as well. If you have not seen Grand Crew, watch it, watch it, watch it. It is one of those shows like Abbott Elementary that you're just going to really enjoy seeing these Black characters every week on TV. They are talking about, you know, different topics, how like 
we can be stressed out by the news and it's just like too much and we need to dial it back. They do talk about therapy and mental health and how black men talk to each other and really have these great interchangeable relationships all while they're drinking wine pretty much every week. So, I mean, why are we not watching this? I want to drink wine and watch Grand Crew every single week. It does come on Fridays on Peacock and NBC. Check it out if you have it and let me know what you think. Ugh. The second show I'm going to talk about is the crazy thriller suspense show that is out now called Swarm that is coming from the mind of Donald Glover. Of course, I have not seen the show, but all of the clips and all of the commentary that I've heard are making me question whether or not I actually want to watch it. There is apparently a lot of murder that's happening. It gets very confusing and weird. Yes, Chloe Bailey is getting her back blown out by Damson Idris in the beginning and Dominique Fishback's character is watching. And then it just gets weirder from there. And that's like in the first two minutes of the entire thing. Not even two minutes, probably the first minute and a half, 30 seconds in. But it is one of those shows where it's obviously going to be polarizing. Like, what did I just watch? Can somebody explain this? And why you got to come for the beehive? Those are basically the questions that I have seen floating around. And I don't have any answers for you. I'm not even sure if I'm going to ever watch it. I think I might watch the first episode and the last episode just to get like, you know, a general sense of it. I wasn't really into the concept when I heard about it. This is like a super fan who goes way beyond on into a killing spree and a descent into madness. Do I really want to watch that? I'm not really sure. I don't know if I do. But if it's giving me Teddy Perkins vibes from Atlanta, I might be into it. But either way, you check it out. You let me know whether I should watch it, okay? It's seven episodes and it's on Amazon Prime. And now it's time to switch over because I have to mention some of our fantastic legends who are now ancestors. Comedic actor Sean Lampkin, who is best known as playing Nipsey on The Martin Show, unfortunately passed away on March 8th at the age of 54. Even though Lampkin is best known as playing Nipsey, the bartender on Martin, he's also appeared in Bad Boys 2, Life, and Big Mama's House. So he's definitely been on the Martin Lawrence team for a long time. No Cause of Death was released at the time of the notice, so we just want to send love and light to his family, and may he rest well in paradise. Also in Legends to Ancestors news, this week we lost John Wick 4 actor Lance Reddick who passed away at 60 years old from what they believe is natural causes. Lance has been a force in the industry ever since he graduated from Yale Drama School. He has been a mainstay on our screens ever since he was in The Wire. He has also been in Resident Evil, all four John Wick movies, Fringe, Bosch, Angels That Have Fallen, The Blacklist, and HBO's Oz, American Horror Story, and he even did complete work on the upcoming remake of White Men Can't Jump. We send love and light to his family and friends and his entire community, and may he rest well in paradise. So y'all, I gotta stop and give you some hot girl news that I just found out. Naomi Osaka has landed a major historic deal with Victoria's Secret. She is not going to be a spokesperson. She is going to be the first ever individual collaborator that the brand has had in 45 years. This is crazy. 
One, I don't even know if we're even still shopping at Victoria's Secret. I mean, I stopped a long time ago. You know, I popped in for like an underwear or two, but you know, not been into it since the pink days. But Naomi says that she is going to be doing this collection uh, where every piece of the collection is made out of a recyclable material. So it is going to be sustainable, which is definitely on brand for her. And uh, she definitely gets to obviously receive the royalties that are going to be involved in the collections, items, and things like that. It's going to be widely available online as well as in as well as in the flagship stores. And she says that this deal that she's done with, or this collaboration that she's doing with Victoria's Secret, came because at first she felt that the brand was like super inaccessible. Back in the day, obviously, when they had a whole bunch of major issues. And if you have not seen the Victoria's Secret documentary on Hulu, please go watch. It is insanity. Uh, I can't even elaborate further. But she said that since they have done a revamp of their business model and pretty much come around to accepting that women do not just wear a double zero... Um, that the business is headed into a different direction that she thought that she would join them and do a collaboration. Hopefully this is going to be one of the great collaborations that we have because, because we all know that sometimes when celebrities pair with brands or they try to make their own brands, they don't really go so well. But hopefully Naomi has a really good vision about herself, where she wants the brand to go, what she wants it to be and feel. And I feel like she's very vocal on things that are important to her in her life. Uh, so this should do well, hopefully. I have no idea when the collection is going to drop, but when it does, I wish her well. And hopefully she's got some cute pieces because summertime is coming and we all going to be outside, right? Now I got to give y'all an awesome black business update. Okay, here we go. If you are not aware of who Michelle Sneed is, she is the former president of Tyler Perry Studios and she's an industry veteran. She has just announced that she is launching her own production company called A Few Good Women Productions and it's going to be a full service content studio led by an all woman team. She decided to do this uh, because she wanted it to be something that was the first of its kind. The studio is going to be going to be able to oversee green lighting, developing, financing, producing, licensing, and distributing projects from end to end, which for that to be an all-woman-led team is phenomenal. Michelle says she wants to build a space that she's always wanted to be a part of where she's most authentic and innovative, where she has diverse talent, both in front of and behind the camera so that she can continue to shine and women can continue to shine as well. Michelle has been in the business for over 17 years and she, she is recognized as one of the leading black women in Hollywood by Essence when they had the, um, the black women in Hollywood brunch here um, a few weeks ago. She has worked on almost over 450 episodes of television, as well as three feature films that include Sisters, The Oval, Ruth, Bruh, All the Queen's Men, um, Young Dylan, A Fall from Grace, Medea's Homecoming, and Netflix's A Jazz Man's Blues. So Michelle knows what she's doing. She's in the game. She has been ready, ain't gotta get ready. 
she has stayed ready and now she is going to bring it home with this new venture of her all-woman-led production company. Michelle, I wish you well. This sounds fantastic. I cannot wait to see what you guys produce and come up with. I am assuming that this production company is going to be based in Atlanta just because that's where the Tyler Perry Studios are and it would probably be really fitting to just have another one there. We need to just build more. But if you decide to come out to LA, girl, hit me up. So now let me give you a little bit of a fun one. This, in case you have not been on TikTok or Instagram or seen it over the past few weeks, but there is Hogwarts mania. And Hogwarts, yes, Harry Potter mania is back. No, there is not a new movie but there is a new concept and it's for the black and brown babies. One black creator decided that Hogwarts needed to have an HBCU. So she developed Ham U, Hogwarts Agricultural and Mechanical University. This caught on like wildfire. Um, not only did she have this, more creators jumped on and said, yes, this is a great idea. We also need to have a space here. Obviously, some of us couldn't go and get into Hogwarts because, you know, financial aid or whatever. But the HBCU ham you was accepting us, throwing money hand over fist to us. And so we are coming in. These people, have ex- they've created acceptance letters, merch. There are strolls to go with each house. I mean... It is exquisite to see Black people do us. Our work, uh, our creativity is unmatched. If you have ever considered yourself to be a part of any of one of the houses um, in Hogwarts, there is an HBCU equivalent. Subsequently, with that equivalent comes a party walk, a stroll, all of the business, all of the slander, all of the shade, And you can get an acceptance letter, a sweatshirt, a mug, a hat. People are going all out. I also saw one creator on TikTok said that he makes custom wands. And he's been doing this before HamU was established in 2023. But he said that he can make a custom wand for literally anybody or any group of people. And he was like, I'm just throwing my hat in the ring. I just want to be here as a part of this. I think HamU is great. So if you have not seen that, get onto TikTok, get onto Instagram, get on Facebook, wherever it is, or just Google HamU University so you can see all of the fantastic things that your people are doing. I mean, listen, I came to realize that I didn't know what house I was a part of, but apparently I did one of those little like, you know, fun filters where it tells you which one you are. And apparently I'm House Slytherin. I didn't know what that meant. Wait, is it House Slytherin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. House Slytherin. And I don't know. It says something about me being ambitious. So I said, all right, fine, cool. We'll go there. Who knew? And maybe that's not the right house. I don't know. I was like, look, I'm just here to observe. Definitely check it out because you know why? I love I love our people. I love us. We're just great. Have y'all heard of lasagna soup? Apparently, it is something that has exploded and your girl SZA is a super fan of it. 
There was a creator named Danny Loves Pasta who was enjoying a bowl of lasagna soup. And people were like, oh my gosh, what's the recipe for this? I need to have it. And one of those people who was asking was superstar sensation SZA. Yes, the girl was tired of killing Bill. She wanted some lasagna soup after she stabbed him. So the recipe winds up going out. And now that recipe has been viewed over 80 million times. And it's becoming a thing. Now, I have never made this lasagna soup. I've never even heard of it. But the amount of things that you see online nowadays on any of the social media platforms where people are just basically playing in food and ruining it and putting their hands all in it and like having it thrown in the sink to then let their cat dance all over it before they serve it at a potluck. I could do it out. But this right here, the lasagna soup, I'm gonna give it a try. If you haven't seen it or you have no idea what I'm talking about, do a little Google search, pull it up, give it a try and let me know what you think. Because I mean, I'm kind of hungry and I might... mm. It looks kind of good. Also, I'm just curious of what lasagna soup actually looks like. Looks like, you know, not, I don't think it's like, you know, gonna give me green bean casserole vibes because, oh, yuck. But it does sound kind of good. It just sounds like chicken noodle soup with just long noodles and red sauce and garlic. And if you, you know what? Let me go get my pots right now so I can just go ahead and do this. Mm. Now let's get into a segment I like to call Other People's Problems. This week on Other People's Problems, this person is wondering if they are an a-hole for if they are an a-hole for calling their friend a dumbass because she chose to be with her emotionally abusive boyfriend. The poster says <clears throat> my Female 26 friend got into a relationship with a guy who was a male 26 a few months ago. She told me she was drawn to him because he was kind and stoic and handsome with those cool boy vibes. However, one major red flag she brought up when they started dating was that he told her early on that he is a diagnosed psychopath and probably will never be able to love her. My friend just treated this as some cute little quirky addition to his stoic personality even though I warned her that she should not be able to have an emotionally healthy relationship with him multiple times. She would always get mad at me and even accuse me of being jealous. Now, it's been a few months, and she's been complaining to me about how he's so emotionally abusive because because he never is supportive of her and really doesn't give a shit about her. For example, he strangled her while they were on vacation simply because he wanted to go home and and felt like it and wanted to see her reaction, which was really scary for her because she was in an unfamiliar country all by herself. She called me after this whole fiasco and told me how she's been mistreated, how she isn't able to fix her boyfriend's psychopathy. I told her that she was a dumbass and kind of arrogant to believe she would be able to magically cure someone of their mental illness and that she shouldn't run to me for help after constantly belittling me when I tried warning her earlier. She called me a shitty, toxic, and abusive friend. Am I the a-hole? Wow. Uh, I'm gonna say you're not the a-hole, but the approach that you had was being a little bit of an a-hole. Yes, you were right. I'm Yes, I'm sure you didn't want to hear 
her gripes and concerns when you knew full well that this was going to happen. However, this is your friend who has just told you that she has been abused by her romantic partner. And not only that, he did it because he just wanted to see what her reaction was while they were on vacation in another country. This could have turned out very differently. Your friend could have actually succumbed to being choked and been left there for dead. And he would have wandered off because he said he is a diagnosed psychopath. So his level of emotion is not as high or as in tuned as it should be. I do think you got a little bit of pleasure out of telling her that she's a dumbass because you had already told her time and time again. But yes, I know it's annoying when our friends are, you know, we're telling our friends, girl, that's a red flag. Don't do it. Don't date him. And they do it anyways. And then they come and complain to you later on. But that's just how friendships are. People have to learn lessons on their own. They have to go through their own experiences. They have to experience things. But that does not mean that you need to call them a complete dumbass because you thought that you were going to be some miracle worker and cure this person of their illness when they've told you full well in the upfront and I being your friend also told you. Yeah, you can give your friend warning signs all you want, but obviously she's her own person. She's going to do whatever she wants to do. Um, I think in this situation, even though she did say you are a shitty, toxic, and abusive friend. She didn't believe, I don't think she really meant that you were a toxic and abusive friend because you have been there for her through this whole relationship. And those are probably adjectives she really wanted to use on her boyfriend. She just couldn't. I think she's in a very sensitive, scared space right now. She really does need a friend. She did reach out to you after something super traumatic happened. And your first response was, you're a dumbass. That is going to make her retreat and feel like she is a dumbass on the inside. Definitely try to hit her up, contact her. Hopefully it's not too late. Hopefully she is going to be open and willing enough to listen to you and also to leave him alone. Maybe she's going to encourage him to get help. Maybe she doesn't. But it's best that your friend does remove herself from the situation. And if you can be a really good friend to her and make it up to her for calling her a dumbass, you can also help her do that as well, help her find a therapist, help her get to a program or to speak to somebody about this so that she can get over the trauma that she has actually recently gone through. See if you can get to your friend again and hopefully she can move on to better days with you by her side. Okay? Whew. Okay, y'all, we are coming to the end of this episode. I know it's a lot shorter than the other ones, but it has been such a long week. My neighbors upstairs are stomping, moving furniture, I don't know, river dancing or something, into all hours of the night. Also hanging pictures and doing whatever and arguing. And yes, I did hear the bed creaking the other night and I do not want to talk about it. A sis just wants to get some sleep. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, before I go, as usual... There are two more things I need to do. One is the Cinderella syndrome, and we are going to get into that right now. Another week and another woman that needs to be called to the carpet. And this time, it is none other than Goop founder Gwyneth Paltrow. Now, before we get into 
Gwyneth being on trial this week for a skiing accident where apparently she took no regard for human life, I want to give a little bit of context to who Gwyneth is now in case you have not been up on it or been listening lately to her. Because quite frankly, who has if you don't have $30,000 to spend on a facial? Here are some of the things that Gwyneth has been quoted as saying over the past couple of years that leave her more than out of touch and very much... She's giving snooty Karen vibes, to be honest. Here are some of them. I don't really have drunk friends. My friends are kind of adult. They have a drink, but they hold their liquor. I think it's incredibly embarrassing when people are drunk. I just, it just looks so ridiculous. I find it very degrading. She says, also, I drank like crazy when my, ba- well, when my kids were babies. How else was I going to get through the day? Sounds like you have a problem. When somebody asked her about skin cancer, she said, we're human beings and the sun is the sun. How can it be bad for you? I don't think anything that's natural can be bad for you. Excuse me? Another time she was quoted as saying, I'd rather smoke crack than eat cheese from a tin. Girl, what? Who is eating cheese from a tin that you know? And also, why do you have to take it there to smoke crack? Huh? What? What? I think the real kicker here is the fact that she actually said out of her mouth, quote, I am who I am. I can't pretend to be somebody who makes $25,000 a year. Girl, have you lost your mind? Uh, Now, let's get into why Miss Paltrow, Miss I don't make $25,000 a year Paltrow, is actually going to be on trial soon. Uh, Gwen has this trial because of a 2016 ski collision accident that happened where 76-year-old Terry Sanderson is accusing Gwyneth of crashing into him and causing him serious injuries while they both were skiing in Utah. Sanderson states that while they were skiing at at the Deer Valley Resort, Gwyneth allegedly skied out of control, knocked him down hard, knocking him out and causing him to have a brain injury, four broken ribs and other serious injuries. He claims that Paltrow and her ski instructor skied away after the accident without getting him medical attention or checking on him at all. Gwyneth has a countersuit, actually, that says she was enjoying skiing with her family on vacation in Utah when the plaintiff who was uphill from Miss Paltrow, plowed into her back. She sustained a full-body blow and that she is angry with the plaintiff and said so. The plaintiff apologized. She was so shaken up and upset and quit skiing for the day, even though it was still morning. Wow. I don't understand how those two stories are going to come to be one full truthful story, but... That is nutty. Uh, no mention of a brain injury. She's saying he did it. He's saying she did it. And she doesn't say that she was injured, but he says he was badly injured. So hopefully that actually can be proved. I think the fact that she was like, oh, well, after he bumped into me, it just ruined the whole day for me. And I just couldn't even keep skiing and was still mourning. That is some bull. And as you can see by the quotes that I gave you before that come directly from Gwyneth as well, This woman is a nut job now. I think that 
out of touch is a little too nice of a term to give to her. The trial is expected to only last for about a week, so hopefully uh, it won't go any longer and cause any more wasted time than it already has. Uh, Nobody knows whether or not Gwyneth is going to take the stand, but this is basically a a he said, she said, with a few medical documents that need to be thrown in. But I know that Gwyneth Paltrow comes off as being a certain type of white woman in her movies, very prim and proper, but... In her real life, it seems like it's been taken to, like, the extreme times 10. Uh, this is beyond. That's what I want to I want to say. This is beyond. Dumb, stupid, and you are so raggedy for this. Uh, that is our problematic queen for the week. And that's it. <laughs> Whew. Okay. That was a lot. So now we are going to move over to some awesome black wisdom before we go. This week's Awesome Black Wisdom comes from the incomparable, the fantastic, the queen herself, and the you did the thing, even though they didn't think you did the thing, Queen Angela Bassett. Miss Bassett has been quoted as saying, don't settle for average, bring your best to the moment. Then whether it fails or succeeds, At least you know you gave all you had. We need to live the best that's in us. If that is not the perfect quote for what this woman experienced, I don't know what is. She is absolutely right. We will not settle for average. It is a new year. It is a new season. It is a new mind. Do not settle for average at all. Not even a little bit. You're always going to bring the best to a moment that you can because you want to know that you gave something your best shot. You don't want to say, well, I half-assed that. Oh my gosh, it was so bad and I wish. Even if you are going to fail or if you are going to succeed in whatever you do, you are definitely giving it your all and you know that you did your best. So take that. I will see you soon. But until then, ta-ta for now. Bye. She's got a text and text From her cars to her clothes To her bed and to her toes